This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. So Nayeli, let's talk about billboards. Let's say that you're driving down the expressway and a billboard just stands out to you, just caught your attention. What about that message captivated you? Um, give us an example of that. You know, it's very funny. Um, what is, what's the name? Um, Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. They get the majority of their traffic and visits into the store off their billboard signs and off of traffic on the highways. Because what do they show you? They show you a rocking chair. They show you some sort of comfort dish, right? So when you're on the road, you're stressed or you're tired or whatever, you, you're seeking comfort. And then there's this billboard that just pops up and it's got a pot roast dinner or a ham steak and whatever the comfort food is. And it just resonates with you that you're like, okay, you know what? If I stop there, I'm going to have a good meal. Or I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a comfort food meal, and they actually market it as comfort food. Um, comfort food, by definition, is a story in itself, right? It's the food that's gonna make you feel comfortable. It's gonna make you feel safe. It's gonna remind you of a better time, which is why you know whenever we have like a a breakup or something big in our in our lives, what do we want? You know, right? We want ice cream and cookies. We want pizza. We want the things that are gonna remind us that like. We're, this is good. This is the, these are the foods that bring us comfort. Um, it's very similar when you're telling your story, right? So you want to be authentic. You want to be relevant. You want to share those specific details. You want to make the billboard that is you. What resonates with the audience, right? And to your point, Cracker Barrel makes you feel like you're at home, right? Because you are far from home. That's going to provide that, that, uh, frame of mind. It's like I'm at home and you're going to get a good meal as well. Uh, and, and again, it, it's pertaining to, to audiences. So when you tell your story, do you think it should be different depending on the audience or should it be universal when you're telling your story? You know, I think you have to have like the end goal of what do I want people to do or feel when I tell them this story. So, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. I've had many times where I've been interviewing someone and I ask them to give me an example of a difficult situation they've had to overcome or working with difficult coworkers, et cetera. And they start telling me like, oh, I had this person and, you know, they just didn't do anything and they were this. Blah, blah. And then I started getting so many details. And so at some point, instead of me, like, I didn't know what to do with that information anymore because now I felt like, could this person handle the pressure? Like, what were the results? What did they do with it? And now I'm seeing like, wow, they're getting flustered just talking about it. And I think a lot of times there is the right audience for that, right? Like if I'm talking to my friends and I'm saying like, God, and then this person didn't carry their weight or didn't do this on time or didn't do this, like that's a very, like my friends are going to be like, oh my God, that sucks. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's it's a bad experience. But if I'm doing it in a job interview, I want them to know, like, I was calm during this. And here are the action steps that I took. So the way I tell the story and who I tell the story to will influence the details and what's relevant for it. So it's based on the conversation that you're having, right? And I like how you summarize that uh, when you're telling a story, what's the situation, right? What is it about? 
be concise is what I'm hearing in your messaging too. What action you took and what was the end outcome? Whether favorable or not, what was the outcome on that? So that's, that's a, a great um, exercise to do in practicing, especially for those that are listening that, that may be going into an interview. Um, that's one of the questions I, I, I most commonly use when I, I interview candidates as well. It's like, tell me about a difficult situation, an unethical situation as well. So have those stories prepared uh, and be concise, right? So you're not rambling and kind of, to your point, what do I do with this, all this information? <laughs> information yeah. How, okay, are, are they going to be zeroed in and, and laser focused on, on the situation on hand as well? Yeah, and you know, thinking about relevance, right? Like, that to me is so important because it's not, it's like, am I relevant? Is this relevant? And what is relevant for this? So a lot of times I encourage people to pause before you answer and say, okay, this is the story I'm going to tell. You know, it's it's really funny when I was at Miller Coors, we did a lot of storytelling training because we wanted to make sure that people knew how to build a story. And, you know, you have like your start, your intro, your build, then you have the situation or the conflict and then you have like the the resolutions. And we would actually, you know, encourage the team to start with like once upon a time there was a and then and then we had the happily ever after so that people knew how to structure like start, middle, end. And that helped people just kind of put that structure behind how to build a story and how to tell your story. The hard part is, you know, we want everyone to be their authentic self, to bring your whole self to work. So what does that mean? Especially as a Latino, a Latina walking into the workforce, like how, what's being authentic? Yeah, I was just part of uh, a coaching session that, that was part of a, a sales call. And in that, I, I think that uh, I know that the individual did a fantastic job because he created a story for the customer itself. Hey, it was a meeting, and he brought them back to the value of why they're actually meeting. Based on our last conversation, uh, you look to scale your business X amount percent. Uh, and uh, that's the reason why we're meeting here today. Uh, and based on what you shared with me, if you get XYZ contracts, this will put you in this bracket as well. And you know that you need some structures in place that are currently not in place to sustain that growth. Uh, so in that conversation, uh, this individual painted the picture for the future, acknowledged where they're currently at, and what are the product solutions that we need to help them get to where they're at to, to create the proper structure. So uh, again, being concise uh, and, and the reason for the meeting. Absolutely. And in our case, the reason why you're telling the story. I think when we give an example, we want to share a story, we want to either break it up up front and say, here's the reason why I'm going to tell the following story, or at the very tail end, here's why I told the story. This right. is what you did well. This is why it connects to this. This is why, you know, um, overall, it connects to the conversation that we're having. Yeah, and I think, you know, it shows, um, especially in the workplace, right? Um, it shows a, a level of experience or of competency as you start building the, you know, like I love that it's like you're telling your client, this is how we could scale. I've heard you. This is what you want. And here's how we can help you. And I think that kind of experience is like, you know, sometimes they tell stories about working with someone who's difficult or of overcoming a challenge or, or sometimes I just tell like happy stories that were funny. You know, I, I, I think it's really interesting, like 
when we have those funny moments with our clients or when we've messed up or when something didn't go well with our PowerPoint presentation or the video didn't play, you know, we have all these stories of experiences, but then it's also like, is it relevant? Like, does this person need to know that my video didn't play during this presentation? Or how do you, how do you protect what you're trying to say without oversharing? Right. And I think we have a lot of oversharing and what happens is people do not pause. If you take a pause, you take a deep breath, you speak less. Right. And then you check for, is this story resonating? Often I've had speaking engagements where, where I've been prepared with my talking points. It's been vetted and whatnot. But you also have to read the audience. It's like they checked out, right? So now you have to call an audible. Know your message, right? So that's the importance of not having to read it. Yep. But know your message where now you're actually calling an audible and, and basically customizing it to the audience to get the point across, right? So that's the other important piece of knowing your message, you know, and then also keeping an eye on the audience and to pause. Because if you're just down reading it and you have two pages, people have probably checked out the minute you look up, probably you cleared out the room and no one's there anymore. (laughs) Has your cafecito run out? Go grab another cup, we'll wait for you right here. Please check us out at corpcafecitos.com and drop us a message. Well, I, you know, I think it's even funny, like, as I see my kids, like, if they get nervous or they're lying, they talk more. And then I'm just like, oh, you're still talking. Oh, okay, now he's telling me this. And I'm like, is it a mentira? I'm like, did you tell, are you telling the truth? Um, and so it's very funny that you start losing maybe a little bit of credibility the longer the story goes or the more exaggerated it feels. And so... Well, you know, like I would say, as we try to be authentic to the experiences that we had, fact check to make sure if all the data points we had were right, if the story is, if these are the right solutions, the success that you've had before, um, you know, especially like I know, like my family, they tend to tell very vivid stories. And I'm like, I don't think half of that was true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they embellish it. And speaking of stories, there, there's different methods of telling a story. A short bio is, is is your story as well. Your resume is your story as well. So depending on what and who you're applying for, uh, you want to curtail that, you know, customize that to that specific audience, right? There's I, I myself in, in my career have had different versions of my resume because I don't have to compile all my 30 years of experience because the last 10 are relevant or the last 12. And so that's what I'm going to put on there. You want me to take you back to, to the mid-90s, early 90s? I can go there, but it's not part of that conversation. And your bio should be two paragraphs, a high-level overview of what you bring to the table, of your dynamics, of your energy, uh, and your accomplishments as well. So that's another another version of also having it written, your story. I love that you bring up the resume because I do, uh, you know, I work with a lot of people in getting their resumes ready for interviews. And I'm like, you know what, the professional experience when you're going to different companies, that won't change as much. But that intro bio that those first like five sentences where we're going to tell them who we are, 
That is 100% where you're going to reveal your personality. That's where they have to learn who you are. You know, like sometimes I'm, I like when people put funny things in there. I'm like, I actually read them. I love them. It's funny. So I think when you're building your resume, it should have a piece of you in there, right? It should talk about, you know, a lot of times I always uh, look for like the skill sets and, you know, if someone volunteers or if someone is very passionate about something, I, I love it. It tells me about them. It gives me insight into the person before I actually meet them. So it's almost like the first story I'm reading about them. You know, you said something that's important, the word passion. So uh, many, many of us have probably reached out to a, pers- a professional writer to do a resume or intro. Uh, in that, make sure that when you receive it, read it and make sure it conveys your passion, who you are. I think we did that and I had to make some adjustments because it, it wasn't, you know, the passion wasn't there of really the, the messaging that, that I wanted to, to convey in someone reading that. So just don't uh, hand it off and not uh, proofread it, make sure it's like, is this you? Is this story really about you? Um, Because, you know, they can wordsmith it, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're comfortable with it and it conveying who you are and what your story's about. Absolutely. It's, It's funny when I give my clients back their resume, I'm like, I want you to read it and make sure it's still you. Because you know, it is, it's their story that I'm telling. I'm, I'm just the editor. Um, and so, I, you know, I love that point of making sure the authenticity comes through, what you value, what your passions are, what you've done. You know, I know I, I talked about like going into an interview uh, pregnant and I remember walking in and seeing people's faces and I'm like, you can't ask me, but I'm very pregnant. <laughs> and, you know, it just kind of broke the ice. And that's very much me. Like, I like putting people at ease. And so it was just very, you know, that was how I started it. And that was true to me. Like, I'm, you know, I was pregnant. I'm a mom. This is what I believe. Yeah. So telling your story uh, is really your marketing billboard, right? Who are you? Why? Why are you there? And how can you make that firm better or that company better? by you, you know, being chosen as that candidate as well. So it, it's, it's your marketing. It's part of your brand. Make sure that, that you're comfortable with it. Uh, and it's really who you are because it's going back to what you started off the conversation is being authentic. Anything else we want to add to leave our uh, listeners empowered with how to best tell their story? You know, we've talked about the different worksheets that we have available on our website at corporategafecito.com. And I think this one's really good. You know, we're we're going to ask you guys to design your billboard. Remember that, you know, um, Cracker Barrel, <laughs> like it gives you so much information about it from just one big page. So what is your story? How would you be authentic? You know, for Cracker Barrel, it's all about convenience, accessibility off the highway, comfort food, relaxing. What are your, you know, those are the values they they provide for their clientele. What is your billboard? What does it say? What does it mean? What are the things that you value? What do you, what would you put on there to tell your story and being authentic, but sharing what's relevant and maybe try that exercise, do it for three or four different arenas. Maybe one is for being in front of your client. Maybe another one's for being in front of your boss. Maybe another one is for how you tell stories at a networking event. Um, What do you want people to feel and take away from this encounter with you? 
That's some great advice there. Uh, as you said that, use a word exercise, right? Ask your friends and family to, to, to describe you with one word and start jotting down those words because now you start creating your billboard in the eyes of others of what they see, of what you bring, uh, and what your story is about as well. Well, I think that that covers it for today in yeah. regards to how to tell your story, uh, how to know how to tell it for different audiences. And please go to decorcafecito.com. We'll have a worksheet there for you that'll help you define your marketing billboard. Absolutely. Aquí los esperamos hasta la próxima. Please check us out at corpcafecito.com and drop us a message. 